In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. I'm so grateful to the Lord that He is the God of second chances. And might I say third and fourth and fifth and sixth. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be talking to you today. And if it wasn't, you wouldn't be listening to me today. God is so gracious, so merciful, and so long-suffering. We're learning that in Genesis chapter 4 as we see God working in this first family. They had their failures. They had their difficulties. But they got a new beginning. They got a fresh start, and you can have one too. How? We learned, first of all, they got a fresh start when they got a fresh glimpse of the goodness of God. Let's all go back and reaffirm this. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And then, not only did they get a fresh glimpse of God, but secondly, they got a fresh faith for the future. Remember, Seth, his name means appointed. You see, things are only appointed if there's something to come. It's, it's the beginning it is the, the new start. God says, this is your appointment. This is the new line. That's what Seth represents. And then there's a third truth I want you to see today. Oh, don't miss this. We not only need a fresh glimpse of the goodness of God and fresh faith for the future, but thirdly, we need a fresh communion with our Creator. You see, that's exactly what we find Adam and Eve returning to with Seth in Genesis chapter 4. Listen to it again, verse 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Now that's good. That's very good. And so Adam and Eve, they've been restored to one another. Now they're having children. Again, wonderful. So far, so good. But here's the spiritual breakthrough. Listen to verse 26. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. I don't know exactly what it was that prompted them uh, to, to begin to call on the Lord, but this was the moment when they recognized the weakness, uh, their inability. Uh, you know, I'm testifying now as a father, but when I first held my children in my hands, it was a humbling thing. You know what I'm talking about. It drives you to God. Maybe that's what it did in Seth's life. Maybe that's what brought this family really to the place of prayer. In fact, his son's name is Enos. Enos, his name means mortal. Perhaps it was the recognition of their mortality. I don't know what it was. Was it the wickedness of the world around them? Was it the weakness of their own hearts? Whatever it was, it drove them to God. They realized their hope was in God alone. And so what did they do? They started to pray in the Lord's name, and they started to be identified by the Lord's name. Oh, what a beautiful mark in history. Uh, the Seth generation, a new line beginning uh, this, this terrible family tragedy, this train wreck that happened, now takes a turn for the good. Oh, could we be the Seth of our generation to begin to seek the Lord? Remember, Seth's line is Jesus' line. Everybody's either in Cain's line or in Christ's line. I wonder, which, which line are you going to be in today? Uh, which, which group do you want to identify? How do you want your family to carry on? And so what do we see here? They began to commune with their creator again. Now, you remember 
Adam and Eve had the perfect communion in the Garden of Eden, but now uh, their sin has separated them from God, but they're learning they can pray. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, perhaps things are not ideal, but, friends, you can pray. And perhaps sin has made its mark on you and your family, but you can pray. Perhaps you really have wasted a lot of time, but you can begin today. Don't waste this day. You can begin today to pray. Think with me for just a moment. In chapter 3, where Eve was first tempted and sinned against the Lord, do you remember uh, the context of that temptation? It came at a time when she was talking to the serpent, not to the Creator. I've often wondered if she had been communing with the Creator at that moment, would she have had the opportunity to have that conversation with the devil? The answer is no. When you live consciously in the spirit of prayer, it, it keeps the devil from getting a place, a foothold in your life. You can't talk to the devil and the Lord at the same time. You see, Eden is not Eden without the presence of God. And I love this thought. The only conversation she really should have been having in that garden outside of with her family was with the Lord. Don't enter into a conversation with the devil. So sin began at a time of of prayerlessness, if you will, a time when the communion with the Creator was not what it needed to be. Then you come to the next chapter, Genesis chapter 4. It's the record of Cain. Do you know what Cain was? Someone said, yes, he was a murderer. Well, that's right, but let me tell you about Cain. Cain was a man that didn't know what it was to commune with the Creator. He, he represents a prayerless life. Look, in verse 6 and 7 of Genesis 4, God spoke to him. Read it for yourself. The Lord spoke to Cain. Do you know what Cain did? He ignored God. There is no record that he even responded. Think of that. The Creator speaks to you, asks you why you're wroth, why your countenance has fallen, warns you about sin lying at the door, and the very next verse says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. It doesn't say Cain talked with God. There's no communion with the Creator. It's all on a human level. It's all person to person instead of a, a human being talking to the Creator. God speaks to him again in verse 9. This time he answers, but this time he only makes excuses. He lies. He complains. He reveals his own self-interest. There's no communion. There's no fellowship with God. You're noticing a pattern here? The tragedies in this first family came because of, of ignoring communion with God. When Eve was separated from God's fellowship, sin entered in. Uh, when Cain ignored the presence of God, sin entered in. When you come to the end of Genesis chapter number 4, the only way they could have a fresh start and a new beginning was through rediscovering this communion with the Creator, which, frankly, was what God designed and desired from the very beginning. Do you know why God made you? God made you to fellowship with Him, friend. God made you to commune with Him. You're special to Him. He wants to talk to you today. He wants to hear your voice. Isn't that mind-boggling? So you say you need a fresh start? Let me tell you how to do it. You can't fix it. You can't change it, and nobody else can do it for you. If you want a fresh start, you must begin to commune with your Creator again. Every Christian family should be a praying family. Is your house a house of prayer? Matthew Henry was famous for saying that wherever man pitches a tent, God should have an altar. It means wherever you live and with whomever you're living, you should be able to meet with God there and bring the Lord into that family fellowship and into that conversation. Uh, Thomas Boston, who was a great preacher of a bygone era, and Richard Baxter, who was one of the last of the great Puritan pastors, both of those men discovered in their own pastorates that they did not have real revival in their community until the families they were working with started to pray together. In fact, 
Richard Baxter said he, he made appointments, sat down in every home, and established a family altar in every family in his parish. And when those families started reading the Bible together and praying together and seeking God together, spiritual awakening came to that town. I think there's a, a principle here that's introduced in Genesis chapter 4. The first spiritual awakening is connected to when men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So let's get real personal for just a second and real practical. Would you like a fresh start? Would you let today be a new beginning for your family? Here's how to do it. First of all, get a fresh glimpse of the goodness of God. Talk about God's goodness. Start talking about everything uh, that the Lord has done for you and stop talking about all the things that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to. And then, not only do you need a fresh glimpse of the goodness of God, begin to exercise fresh faith right where you are for the future. God's not the God of the past. He's the God of eternity, and the Lord has much more for His children. And then in a very practical way, begin today to develop a fresh communion with your Creator. Pray over your family and pray with your family. Pray for every member of the family. Begin to call on the name of the Lord. And you, my friend, will see a fresh start in your family. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.